Hi friends, welcome to the That Sounds Fun podcast. This is episode five. I am Annie F. Downs. I'm so excited that you have joined us. If this is your first time, welcome. This is a fun place to be. Um, We have four episodes in the can for you. If you want to listen to one of those, two with author Ted Decker, one with my favorite assistant, Sarah, and we are talking about the word of the year that we both have picked for 2015, and then an episode with my friend Matt on the best places to eat in Nashville. I really, really enjoyed getting to chat with him. By the way, playing in the background is Mississippi by Dave Barnes from his new EP titled Hymns for Her, which is just so, so good. I can't even tell y'all. If you could see my face, I'm just squinching it up because it's such, such a good album. I think you should definitely grab it today and it will really be a good addition to your life. On this episode of the podcast, I have my friend Jessica Turner, author of the book Fringe Hours. You may know her um, from her blog, The Mom Creative, or on Twitter or social media, she is Jessica N. Turner. Here's the thing. I went over to Jessica's house a couple of days ago, and we recorded a podcast. And then I got home, and the volume was terrible. And bless her heart, I made her get on Skype and do the interview again with me today because it sounded like major amateur hour, like more than your average Annie podcast amateur hour. So poor Jess. But we got on, we talked about um, some of our favorite things, including the fringe hours, but also some other things that we both love. And I think you will really enjoy this conversation with author and blogger and sweet friend Jessica Turner. Jess, I'm so excited to talk to you for a lot of reasons, mainly because we're friends, but also (laughs) because you have a book coming out that interests me a lot as a person who's in a different life place than you. So for starters, tell me about your life today, because I think the world should know what kind of life you're leading. (laughs) Well, my life is that I have a husband and three kids who are six, three, and a newborn, just born New Year's Eve. I work full-time at Vanderbilt here in Nashville in marketing and content strategy. And right now I'm on maternity leave, which is awesome since I'm releasing a book. So I have a little more flexibility than I would normally have. Um, And then I also write a lifestyle blog called The Mom Creative. And I wrote a book. So (laughs) I'm tired. You just do a couple of things. Just a couple. (laughs) Just just a few things. But we all just do. We all just do a few things, right? right? Mine just. That's right. I tell people a lot that I feel like you're built out of something different than me. Like there's like different blood in your veins because you're able to do things like 22 hours out of the day. (laughs) <laughs> that is not true. When I do not have a newborn, I sleep seven to eight hours a night. So do you really? it's, I do. Yeah. It's a sleep is very important to me. I mean, you were at my house the other day. Yes. My house is chaotic. That's like what I don't <laughs> prioritize. It's like, it is what it is. Like when you've got three little kids, it's like, what is the point of cleaning up? Like they're just going to mess it up the second That's they right. wake up again. So and I, just, I was at your house the other day because we tried to do this podcast the first time and I did a cruddy job of recording it. So You are generous to do it again because I really want my friends to meet you. That's what this feels like for me a lot with my podcast is I get to introduce my friends to my listeners and my readers. And so I was like, well, I want people to meet Jess. We have to do it again. I love it. I get to, we get to chat and hang out twice in one week. So it's a pretty awesome week in my opinion. (laughs) That's right. Okay. So what is your book called? 
The book is called The Fringe Hours, Making Time for You. And really what it is, it's, it's the answer to that question that I get all the time, which is how do you do it all, right? Like, how do I wear all these hats and craft and do Pinterest projects and make time for my kids and scrapbooking and all of these things? And so, like I, I joked, but not really joking, you know, my house is chaotic, but that's part of how I do it all. But really, it's in the fringe hours. It's in those pockets of time that other people often, you know, just don't use or they're wasted altogether. I really maximize those to make time for my passions. Wait, so you're telling me you actually do Pinterest projects? Like you pick Pinterest projects and then you really do? Yeah, I do. Actually, I have a, I'm on Jessica and Turner on Pinterest. And if you go to my Pinterest page, which has more than a hundred boards, because I'm obsessed with very specific boards, my <laughs> first and top board is completed pins. Like it's my most favorite. And so when I do something that I saw on Pinterest, I pin it to the completed pins board. And if it's a recipe, I'll make notes of like, really liked this recipe, but you know, Matthew got reflux from it. So we can't make it again. <laughs> well, you know, whatever, like that's legitimately what one of my soup recipes he says I was on there the other day looking for a recipe and I was like oh I should make that and then I read it and I was like oh I guess I can't um <laughs> so it's my favorite because it makes me feel like okay I have actually done something of the you know 20,000 pins on right here. right 20,000 wow okay so I don't know how to find fringe hours because I don't know the difference between like fringe hours and resting hours Mm, that's that's an interesting point. Some of that might just be vernacular. So resting hours, I would say, could be fringe hours. Fringe hours, let me let me start with kind of how to find fringe hours, okay. just generally speaking, if we can start there, and yeah. then maybe that'll help. So for the average person, what I'd say is if you don't already know where these pockets of time exist, is to track your time for a week. And it's kind of the same thing that you do, you know, like – I just had a baby, so I'm doing Weight Watchers, and so I'm tracking, you know, all the food that I'm eating, or, you know, your Fitbit tracks your exercise activity and um, your sleep habits and that sort of thing. So it's the same thing. You're tracking how you're spending your time over the course of a week in 15-minute increments, everything that you did, the laundry, the dishwasher, the errands, the working, all of it. Every um, single thing for Every a week. single thing for a week. Mm-hmm. And I've got a little download that you can do on FringeHours.com where it's one sheet where you can write everything oh, down. Cool. or do it in a notebook, whatever you want. I mean, it doesn't have to be fancy. But I the am point always is, fancy though, Jess. Well, then you'll like it. I mean, okay. it's a nice little sheet. Okay. Um, but what's amazing is that at the end of the week, you'll really see where you're spending your time and where you're not spending your time and where you're wasting your time and where you maybe need to be saying no to things because you're doing too much of something. And that really is an eye-opening exercise for finding where fringe hours exist for you. Ah. So typical spots for fringe hours are early morning before you are getting ready and going to work or getting kids ready, going to school, all of that sort of thing. First thing in the morning, lunch hours, times of waiting, and evenings are kind of the big areas where you'll find fringe hours. Um, My two favorites are mornings. I'm a morning person, and I think it's really important to start your day making time for yourself before you're pouring into other people or other projects or other responsibilities that you've taken care of yourself first. I think that's a really healthy way to live. And I'll tell you, with having a newborn and my schedule not being what it normally is, that's been a challenge for me because I am not always starting the day doing something for myself. I'm I'm starting my day nursing a baby. And right? you're and not starting your day because the day before never ends. 
Like you never go to sleep yeah. the night before. So it does feel that way. It's it still does New feel Year's Day in your heart. <laughs> I know. I said to my husband, I'm like, I've not slept more than three hours since last year. <laughs> That's like legitimately the case. That's a good line. Well done. That's good. Yes. Um, so morning's a big one. And then times of waiting, because on average, people wait 45 to 60 minutes a day, which That's blows amazing. my mind. Yes. And what are we doing when we're waiting, Annie? We're looking at our iPhones, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. I know. Um, and so you can really use that time better for something that you love. In my case, I love to have a book with me so that if I'm sitting waiting and I can read a few pages, it's amazing how all of that adds up over the course of a week, over a month, over a year, how much more I'm able to read just by doing that. I wonder, like, it kind of makes, it kind of feels like a challenge to me to do a, like, um, what I read in my waiting kind of thing and, like, have a whole separate category of things I'm trying to read in, over the year. And just go, oh, I read all those books while I was waiting. Right. Or how many more books you would read because you were waiting. Mm -hmm. So it might still be the same books that you would have read, but you'll get through them a lot faster because you had 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes, you know. Yeah. My problem, and you and I both love reading. My problem is that sometimes when I start reading, I don't want to stop. Yes. And then that 10 minute waiting in the car and when I'm trying to wait in line to get my emissions tested I end up like sitting in my car at the grocery store for another 25 minutes. <laughs> That's amazing. Problem. Well, d well done to find more fringe hours. Amy. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just searching for fringe hours, Jess. <laughs> I love it. Working less, fringing more. That's my motto for like 2015. It, like <laughs> working less and fringing more. What made you decide, you know, so many of my readers and listeners are authors or want to be authors or they're writing in some capacity. What made you decide to write this book? Like people ask me all the time, what is your, how do you know what to write? How do you know what the book is you want to write? How did you know this was the book you wanted to write? Well, I will be honest and it sounds cliche, but it's very true that I never wanted to write a book. Um, my husband is an author. He writes full time, has as long as I've known him. And I always felt like that was his thing. And frankly, he's a much better writer than I think I'll ever be. Um, I just had my blog and, and you know, enjoyed writing in, in 500 word increments, if you will. Um, but I was at a blogging conference called Alt in Salt Lake City um, two years ago and was in a session on time. And it just hit me, fringe hours, just that phrase, fringe hours. And I literally bought the domain right then and there. Um, in that session, and I was staying with our mutual friend, Nish Wyseth, who oh, wrote yeah. the book Speak, um, that we both love, and I went to her house, and I told her this idea, and she was really encouraging about it, and I started writing a proposal that night, and it was just wild how fast it went from writing a proposal to finding and signing an agent to getting three sample chapters done and it getting um, pitched to a bunch of publishers and a bunch of publishers bidding on it and, and that whole process. And by the summertime, I had an offer um, and had signed a contract and was writing the fringe hours literally in my fringe hours then for the next <laughs> 12 months. So um, I think, you know, it, it, I do really, I'm so passionate about the topic. I know so many women who are not, making themselves a priority or not taking good care of themselves. And I think that this is really a message that all women need to know, yeah. that they need to know that they matter. They need to know that this needs to be a priority in their lives and that it can really change the whole trajectory of your life and your happiness when you're making time for yourself. And so I think it's just a message that I have lived myself out for so long that I'm so passionate about it that I just want every woman I know to get on board and start yeah 
prioritizing themselves. Now, I'll tell you, as a single person, it feels a little different because I don't think, I'm not doing laundry for anybody else. I'm not feeding anybody else. I, I don't need to necessarily make, quote, time alone for myself because... I am quote alone all the time. <laughs> and so what, tell me why, t- I guess, um, tell me what, what that makes you think. How do I yeah, identify yeah. fringe hours for me? You know, I don't think fringe hours necessarily are being alone hours. Okay. And so okay. what it is, is that you're making time to do something that you love and to practice self care. Mm-hmm. Right. So because you're single, you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have anyone to rely on. And so how do you turn off, leave, you know, not doing something at the house or not work, you know, you work from home, not working all the time saying, you know what, I need to close the computer and do something just for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, that's maybe the difference. Um, And so it's still about making intentional choices to take care of yourself and to do things that you love, not to be working all the time. You know, a lot of my, a lot of my single friends, I know, um, my boss, she is divorced and an empty nester and she works all the time. Like we'll work until seven o'clock at night, be the last one at the office. And, um, I'm, I'm not saying that she doesn't take time for herself and practice self-care, but what I see is someone who is working so much that burnout could happen. Um, because of that. And so I think that it's still about being intentional and it's still about taking care of yourself. You know, something I talk about in the book is, you know, making regular doctor appointments for yourself, going to the dentist, eating healthy, you know, all of those things also play into self-care. They're not directly, I'm doing this in my fringe hours, but it's taking care of yourself. And that's yeah. really the heart of the message of the book. Yeah. And that's why I am going to Target and buying a new puzzle. Because I love yes. doing puzzles. You, one time we were talking about, oh, well, last time we were talking about this, we talked about how um, how a lot of what times you can identify what you should be doing in your fringe hours by what you loved as a kid. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so interesting to think like, man, I used to love riding my bike and I used to love doing puzzles. And I used to like, there are these things that I can identify that I really loved as a kid. What was that stuff for you? I love to read. Literally, my mom would go to rummage sales and buy boxes of books because I would read one to two books a day. Oh, wow. I mean, I I was reading constantly. And so that was a huge, huge one for me. Um, I loved to craft. My mom painted and I loved watching her paint. I loved seeing um, she would just, you know, get plain wood and then would paint this beautiful scene on it. And so I'd love to wake up in the morning and see what she did. And, you know, I think her making time for her passions really had an impact on me as I was writing the book that really struck me that, you know, I grew up in a home where I saw my mom doing that. And um, that really, that really made a difference in my story. But so I always love to be creative. You know, I was in high school on the newspaper and the yearbook. And so writing was always something that was a passion of mine. Um, I used to do theater. That's something that, that I miss. I did. Yeah. I, I was actually, that. I was a theater major in college. I had a double major because my parents said they wouldn't pay for school if I just majored in theater, that it wasn't practical. <laughs> so I did a double major of theater and strategic communications and, and they were right. And I didn't, I didn't pursue theater though. I like to think that I learned a lot of great speaking ability and, um, you know, just comfort with speaking, um, from those theater classes. But, um, that is oh one gosh, thing that like I did. like an actress. I didn't even know. <laughs> That's one thing I did in my childhood that I, that I did not, um, continue with. Yeah. Oh, 
I think about when my when my kids go are grown that maybe I'll I'll do that again because it was it was a huge huge part of my childhood was doing theater. I did it from the time I was about eight until like all the way through college. I did theater. My gosh, you're gonna be like the old woman on Broadway. Uh, That that's gonna be me. That's gonna be me. My gosh, I had no idea. (laughs) That's so cool. That's yeah. I was voted most likely to be famous, and I mean, I was I was the theater girl. Yep. Wow. Well, Jess, you're famous to me. I'm famous. And to a lot Thanks of people. Amy. You're famous. <laughs> you're, you're Will you tell dark. the story about um, Elias asking if he's Yes. <laughs> so I had a blog post go viral um, this past summer encouraging moms to put on their bathing suits and get in the pool in the water with their kids. And um, the Today Show picked it up. Which and- was awesome. Which was amazing. And so they showed this picture of me on the beach in my swimming suit with my kids. On national television. Yeah, which had I known, I don't know if I would have been so brave had I known that, I don't know, six million people would have seen me in a bathing suit. But anyway... I, um, Elias really remembers that, which is so funny to me. Like, you know, we we saw it. Four? Um, no, he's six. Oh, six. Um, but... It's not like we have it recorded. I mean, I don't, if we watched it one time and he out of the clear blue said to me the other day, mommy, are we famous? And I was like, (laughs) no, like, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, because we were on TV. And so I was like, well, buddy, lots of people are on TV. That doesn't, you know, no, no, that was just our picture. No one knows who we are. (laughs) So like, yes, your mother is a swimsuit model on the Today Show. Right, right. In front of yeah, everyone. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Jess, I didn't do yearbook when I was in high school, but I did it when I taught school. Uh-huh. And I, it was like making a scrapbook. It was like the greatest joy of, like, I loved being in, because my elementary school I taught at had had, gave, had a yearbook. And so we got to design the pages. It was like doing scrapbooking all over again. I love it. Well, I, um, what I was just the yearbook um, question just brought up to me that Elias is in kindergarten and yearbooks are so different than when I was in school because, you know, it was kind of like just the school pictures and then like a couple snapshots that who knows they like Xeroxed into something. That's right. Um, but now they have a Dropbox file and parents are supposed to upload photos that they have taken at different school events over the course of the year. And then that's what they use for the yearbook. Oh my gosh. So they're like crowdsourcing their yearbook. Yes. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's amazing. I would have loved that when I was teaching school for the parents to give us pictures. Cause all, I mean, me and the two other teachers who ran the yearbook, we, I taught in a school that was third, fourth and fifth grade. So it was one of us per grade and we had cameras with us all the time. Yeah, so, man, that would have been, that's pretty smart of that school. I know. I thought that that was really smart. I mean, of course, it's going to be the special events that parents are at. But if you think about it, then they don't have to worry about covering those big events. Right. They can take care of the classroom and then the events are covered by the parents and they've got a really well-rounded representation of the year. I thought that and was the teachers fun. are probably in the pictures, which is never the case in a yes. year. Yes. The teachers Good point. are in yep. the pictures. And probably in Nashville, there's like five to 10 professional photographers that are parents at your school. (laughs) Absolutely. For sure. So they're getting some like thousand dollar headshots for free for the year. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Jess, okay. We have to talk about one of our favorite things, scrapbooking. Yes. Thank you. I was hoping you would go there. Yes. We have to go there because I need you to weigh in on the 2015 debate of scrapbooking Paper or digital, which is which is correct, which is better, which is still respected. 
So much, Annie. You know, I think I think paper scrapbooking is always going to have its place. It looks different. So I started paper scrapbooking in 2003. So I've been doing it for a long time. Um, relative, I guess, to my lifespan. Um, and I started traditional paper scrapbooking 12 by 12. I, I have maintained doing paper scrapbooking. Now I do pocket scrapbooking. Yes, which, which is so different. It's it's so different, but it's not. So what it is is there's no scissors or glue involved unless you want there to be. You buy your page protectors and they're divided into four by six and three by four slots. And then you buy these little packs of cards that are four by six and three by four. So you can slip your pictures in that are typically four by six. And then your three by four cards where you journal and write about what is in the photos. Mm-hmm. And it's easy breezy, a lot faster. But you still have that tactile process. Um, it's a system that was started by a famous scrapbooker called um, named Becky Higgins. Mm-hmm. And the system is called Project Life, although now there's knockoff versions of it as well. But um, I think that really has changed the paper scrapbooking world. Um, they still make 12 by 12 paper, but really the pocket scrapbooking is is the new scrapbooking, I would say, wow. today. But then digital scrapbooking is still popular and still has its place or doing things, you know, like creating photo books on Shutterfly and, and that type of thing. Um, so there's still, there's still the opportunity. But, you know, Project Life, actually there's an app for it. And so you can take your photos from your phone, you download the app, and you put your photos in, and you put your, the, they have the cute, like, digital versions of the cards, yeah. and you make these 12 by 12 spreads, and then you can send them to be printed, and you can print them out, but you're doing it all right from your phone. I feel like Talk that would about be such a smart, yeah, no kidding. That's right? what I was about to say. I feel like it would be such a, one of the things that I feel gets lost for me is photos getting printed off my phone. Like, yes. I, like my phone is uh, is misbehaving right now, and so I'm going to have to reset it. And I'm like, well, here we go again, taking all the pictures off my phone, putting them on my computer, and nothing's going to happen with them. Yeah. And generations after me, I'm, we're the generation that takes the most pictures, and they're going to have the least to see because I won't take it off my computer or my phone. So right. I've got to figure out. that's what, That really is a goal of mine this year in my fringe hours that I'm trying to find is to move my photos from my phone or computer to, like, in my hand. Yes, that's so, that's so good. And you know, that pocket scrapbooking, um, if you are mostly wanting to print Instagram, those square photos, they actually make 12 by 12 pages that are four by four squares. Oh, so you cute. literally can slip in all of your Instagrams and yeah. you're done. Um, and you know, I think it's just finding an app that you like, Annie, for printing those photos, because that's what I do. I just use typically the Walgreens app because I I don't like to wait for, to receive them in the mail. Yeah. Um, and so I'll just select on my Instagrams that I want printed and then go pick them up. And they're already cut down to four by four and I have them and I get them in, in the pages. So, oh, that's uh, so smart. I didn't even know I could do that. That shows yes. how much I don't know. And if you download the Snapfish app, they give you 100 free prints a month. Oh, my gosh. As well, part of their app. I'm writing that down. As you're, you're welcome. That. <laughs> yeah, you've really, you've really changed my morning today, Jessica yes, Turner. Yes, I'm, I'm happy. See, good thing we redid this because I don't think we covered that in no, the first version no, of this episode. Didn't. But the other but, thing we have to cover. Uh, good. I was just going to say, but there is something. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and, and cover that as well. Is our, our also shared love of American Girl Dolls. <laughs> Seriously, it makes me so happy. I, I mean, love you again, even more. If tell it was me possible. again which ones you had. Oh, you had them all. Tell this. Tell all this. Okay, so I grew up in Wisconsin, like an hour and a half from Madison. 
um, Middleton, which is actually where the American Girl dolls were made. And that's when it was the Pleasant Company. Now American Girl is owned by Mattel. And it's just, it's not the same as it was in, it in the 80s and 90s. No. But um, at the time, they had a sidewalk sale. They had a, a tent sale, if you will. And you had to sleep on the street overnight. My mom and my aunt slept in lawn chairs overnight. Oh, my God. I stayed at my aunt's house and got tickets to go in to this amazing sale. And it was products that had been, you know, there was something, some tiny flaw, but everything was dirt cheap. So the dolls were only $50. The clothes were only $10. It's incredible. I, and when I was in fifth grade, I was Samantha for Halloween because I got, you remember how they used to make the yeah, dresses? Yeah, I don't think they still do, but I had the Samantha dress and I was Samantha and I, you know, it was like. $20 or something. I mean, it right. was just insane. So we would save our money all year to go to the doll sale. And so I was just so blessed. I got so much stuff um, from that sale. And, you know, another fun story, which I didn't tell you this, at the doll sale, I think it was, we went, only went two or three years. Um, I think it was the second year they were doing a focus group for the American Girl magazine, no. which they still make today. Yeah. And, and I have the sample issue that they gave us, the vi- it was before the magazine came out, where they wanted to get kids' feedback of what they liked and what they didn't like. And I remember sitting in a room. I don't remember if my mom was there. I guess she must have been there. I don't remember. But I remember sitting in a room. Because that's child labor if they just right. had you there without your mother working. <laughs> yes. Um, but they gave us a little you know, special gift for doing um, this focus group about the magazine. So I kept all my magazines and um, – yeah, American Girl was a huge part of my childhood. Me and too. yours too, right? Oh, I loved, I mean, I so loved Molly. Molly. You had Molly, okay. World War II. Molly, yes, yes. World War II. Molly with the glasses. With the mm-hmm. glass. She had glasses. Now, did you play with her hair? Uh, because, I mean, you know, I Molly, braided it, but I Molly didn't. had the braids, right? And right. so you had to, like, keep it with the braids or it would get kind of nasty. Yes, it would get, yes. and it always had wrinkles in it because it was always braided. And that right. always was hard for me because I don't like hair with wrinkles. I, it, it like bothers me on my head. And so it would really right. bother me about Molly's head. Sometimes I'd do a ponytail and braid the ponytail. You know, it was kind of whatever I was feeling. And it was mm-hmm. whether it was whatever situation Molly was in, like, or was she going to bed or was she at camp? You know, right. like it was deciding yeah. Yeah. that was. So I had Molly, my sister Tatum had Samantha and which was mm-hmm. Samantha was. 1904. Okay. Thank you. She was four. Victorian. She was my first. Yes, Victorian. She was my first American Girl doll. Uh, um, she, I got Samantha. You know, like my aunt paid the full price, you know, the $90, sure. whatever. And my sister got Kirsten. Um, and Kirsten was Frontier, like Home on the Range? Mm-hmm. Yep, Home okay. on the Range. And then um, Felicity. Felicity was my second favorite. I would say I ranked them Samantha, Felicity, Molly, Kirsten. And those are the originals. Those are the original Before four. Before this ridiculous, like, have an American girl that looks like you. I'm like, no, you don't learn anything. No. You don't, no. Need, you don't need a tiny mirror version of yourself. No. And the books were so good. And then at the back, you would learn, like, about the period and yes. stuff. I, maybe that's why I like American Pickers so much. Do you ever watch that TV <laughs> yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, maybe that's why. Have My, you been to the store? No. Can you believe I've lived in Nashville 10 years and I've never been to the store? I know. It's really interesting. I mean, it's kind of kitschy. It's not like... It, right. It's not like it's as cool as watching the show because right. it is like they are, it's like their t-shirts and bumper stickers and then a couple of things they've picked, but it's mm-hmm. more of like a, a souvenir shop if you love the show, but right. it's cool. And next door is like a marshmallow company and they're delicious. Okay. 
Well, maybe we should go do that one day while I'm on maternity leave. Oh, yeah, so I've yeah. always heard that going on the weekend is really crazy. And since, yeah. you know, I work during the week. So <laughs> I'll add it to my list of like the million things I'm going to complete while on maternity leave that I don't get to do, you know, in that's my right. regular day job life. That's uh, right. How many weeks do you have off? Total 16. Oh, I'm that's so awesome. thankful for. Mm-hmm. Particularly so because the book took such a good chunk of the beginning of it that yeah. I'm grateful that it's going to be um, a longer maternity leave than I've ever had with my other two kids. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, and Fringe Hours is available today, February 17th. Yes, it yes. is. It, it's available just everywhere. It feels weird that it's real and people can hold it, doesn't it? I know. It, it, it feels so weird. I cannot believe that it's finally here. And I'm just so excited. You know, yeah. we have a, a launch team of like 300 women from around the country. And it's been so encouraging because they're from all walks of life, from all over the country. And universally, they're so excited about the message. They're Aww. so excited to give the book to their friends and just really genuine. Like, it doesn't feel like, oh, these are my friends friends right. who have been reading it and endorsing right. it and excited about it. But these are just, you know, regular women who are like, yes, I need this message. And that's so encouraging that it feels like, okay, it was worth spending my fringe hours <laughs> for right. the past year writing this book and taking time away from my family and all of those things. Because I do really think that it's it's a message that can impact a whole lot of women. Yeah. I love seeing our friends online who are reading it and saying like, I loved this book. And everybody doesn't have to say that, you know, like- they- and they don't, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> And talk about um, the Bloom Book Club. This is really exciting. Yeah. So Annie and I both, we write for Encourage. It's true. And um, our mutual friend Angie, Angie Smith, and I founded a book club in 2009 oh my gosh. Um, called Bloom. And in 2000, I'm going to get this wrong, 12 maybe, um, we moved it over to Encourage. And so it's hosted on Encourage and they've just been a great partner. And Angie and I have decided that this forthcoming bloom is our last one that we're going to do. It's been six years and we just are burned out and kind of feel like we need to be um, spending our time in different ways. But so for our last study, we're doing the fringe hours, which is really special. Yeah. What a, what a sweet, sweet story. Angie and I were talking yesterday and uh, when we first came up, she came up with, Hey, I'm going to do a book club. And I called her and said, Hey, I think you probably need some help. Let's do it together. (laughs) And we got together at a coffee shop and came up with the name bloom. And then for the yeah, fringe why? hour, why'd you come up with Bloom? Um, you know, we liked the idea that w- women, we knew that women were going to be coming together. We were going to be reading Christian books that were going to encourage them on their journeys. And mm-hmm. so our hope was that they would bloom in the process, oh, in cool. friendship and in growth. Um, so we really liked the, the illustration that the name evoked. Um, but for fringe hours for the study, we normally filmed it in our in our houses. But for fringe, we brought together three other women, so there were five of us around a table talking about the book because you know we didn't want it to just be our perspectives. Sure. Um, and so we had a few other women join us, and we filmed it in a coffee shop. And oh, so even cool. that felt full circle, you know, yeah. that we had started just the two of us dreaming in a coffee shop, and then we ended it in a coffee shop. Where'd you so. film? What coffee shop? We filmed it at Thistle Cafe. Oh, yeah. Farms. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's so beautiful there. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And so, um, yeah, it, a, it's a neat space. And we loved being able to support a nonprofit locally. And um, it was really, really fun doing that there. And they have those. Every light fixture there is made out of teacups. 
Yes. And when you watch the trailer for Bloom, you'll actually see one of those light fixtures. Oh, good. Um, it's, okay. in the, it's in the beginning because the, they are just so beautiful. We could not include them. Okay. I'll link, I'll make sure that I put that link below in my awesome. um, podcast. Um, well, Jess, thank you for doing this. My pleasure. This is really fun. I, okay. Oh, I have one more question that I think is very important. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I read a blog yesterday that that I was like, I'm going to call Jessica, Jess and ask her what she thinks. And then I was like, or I'll just ask her on the podcast. Oh, I'm so nervous. Uh, don't be, don't be, don't be. Okay. The question was, <laughs> should I start a blog in 2015? Mm, interesting. And yeah. so what do you think about that? What's what's the well, state of blogdom to you? I would ask, why are you starting the blog? I right. mean, are you wanting it to be a business? Um, if so... I think you're going to have a really unique, have to have a really unique niche, a really unique voice, um, have no other bloggers who are going to be able to support you to kind of lift you up to get you that early momentum. I definitely think it's a lot harder. You know, I'm asked yeah. all the time. I started blogging in 06. Me too. Uh, really? Yeah. I guess that makes sense that we've been blogging. Yeah, for about that's the- right. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, but, and I think it's certainly it's a lot harder now than it was yeah. then. There's just a lot more fish in the sea, um, and it's a lot harder to get that visibility. But I think if you are going to start a blog, um, you need to recognize that those numbers don't happen overnight, that it takes a lot of work. Um, it's frustrating to me when, you know, people will – I'll be doing a review for a product, and they'll be like, oh, I want to be a blogger, so I can get that for free. I'm like, this was not free. That's right. <laughs> I will pay taxes on this. This takes time. Like this takes energy. This is taking time for my family. And so I think sometimes people just um, like the idea of blogging, but they don't recognize that, you know, if you really want to be successful in it, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, that's right. And I think people um, want to start a blog because there are some people who think I want to start a blog because I want to be famous or because I want to make a lot of money. And I just, I think that ship may have sailed. But if you want to start a blog because you love writing, and because you want to share your writing or share your family pictures with your friends or because you have a story you want to tell from start to finish and, and pieces, go for it. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I just think. But I thought it was really interesting because, you know, there are so many people who are like, there's the crowd of us who are like, I love my blog. I love my people. Emily Freeman just wrote a great post about why I'm going to keep blogging. Mm-hmm. And and you and I love our readers. And lo- love. I mean, my blog is a home for me. It's where yeah. I hang out with people, but I don't think I'd start one today. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that if I look back on blogging, when I started it, it was so small and now the mom creative has gotten so big and yeah. it certainly is different. My content is different. How I think about it is different. I mean, it's, it is a business, right. um, but it's also still, like you say, where my people are. Right. Um, and so it is a, it's a delicate balance. Um, and Gosh, even in the past couple of weeks where I've been talking so much about fringe hours, I'm like, I hope my readers don't hate me. I hope that they're excited about this process and, you know, doing, you know, I've been doing um, different things to kind of share the message, but um, it is, it is definitely something you have to be intentional about. You have to work at it and um, success does not happen overnight. Yeah, that's right. And your readers, I am a reader of yours and no one is not enjoying the process. So that is, I I worry about that when books come out too, but it's not the case. They are... We're your people, you know, that's yeah. the people who get annoyed with me are the people who follow me on Twitter because they saw me at one event 
and then I over tweet about a new book. They're the ones who get annoyed. My actual people, right. your real people who show up on the blog, who follow you on Facebook, nobody's bothered. We love it. Thanks, Annie. So, you're welcome. All right, friend. Well, go feed your child and thank you. Other I'm sure things. Yes. <laughs> Whatever else momdom requires. Yes. Today. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Right? Don't you love her? I told you. I mean, Jessica Turner is so awesome, so smart. And I really am looking forward to figuring out what it would look like for me to get to read more books during my fringe hours. Before I leave the house today, I'm throwing a book in my purse and seeing if I will have more time to read than I think I do. And I really am getting a puzzle at Target because I love puzzles. I just do. I'm not ashamed of that. Um, and okay, American Girl Dolls, are y'all dying? If you are a female and you loved American Girl Dolls, you have got to tell us. Tweet Jessica and I, and please tell us what your American Girl doll of choice was. I'd also love to know what book you're reading right now. What book are you trying to get finished in your Fringe Hours? Maybe it is the Fringe Hours. It's available today, so you can pick it up wherever you love buying books, whether that's your local bookstore or online. It is The Fringe Hours by Jessica Turner. That's about it for today, friends. We've got some more great podcasts coming up in the next few weeks, so make sure you have subscribed to That Sounds Fun so that whenever I'm posting a podcast, it's just dropping right into your podcast app or your favorite way to listen. And if you want to leave a review while you're over at iTunes, that would be pretty cool as well. Hey, I'm easy to get in touch with if you have any thoughts or questions or anything particular you want to hear on the podcast. I'm Annie F. Downs across the internet, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and also AnnieFDowns.com. That's F as in Frank, Annie F. Downs. So, well, I hope you have a great day. I hope you are able to find some fringe hours to do something that you love and take care of yourself. And I will see you next time.